wants to get fucked ursulary. That involves tentacles. I know. It, what we were looking for is, what is the opposite of standing next to an elephant with diarrhea in a hurricane? Ooh, yeah, give him some tusks. Dead ringer. Do Scottish boys use underwear? Office is giving them the business. Dance floor supremacy. What about Potsy in pajamas? What do you think Potsy wears for pajamas? Blizzies and blizzies. You might have even met like a secondary character in Cockwork Orange. He's got a big oral fixation. I'm curious. <laughs> the ankle here is if you're any other race, Papa John, because he's a fucking racist. Listen, listen, listen. Can I not get the Swedish chef as my quarterback? I'm more upset than I have to work on New Year's Eve. That one, that rubs me the wrong way. But again, what, I mean, what do you do? It is what it is, right? That's the that's the schniz. That's all it can be. I wouldn't even care about the fact that it's New Year's Eve if it wasn't for the fact that uh, Michigan is playing. You know what I'm saying? I believe I know what you were saying. I've seen enough balls drop in my day that I can do without Dick Clark's hopping New Year's Eve. What's it called? It's not hopping. Dick Clark's. No, dude, it's Ryan Seacrest's New Year's Eve now. I, I know, but I'm just – what's the, the term? What's the uh, – I don't the remember. Rockin'? Rockin'. New Year's yeah, Eve? I think it's rockin'. I think you're dead on with that. Is it still rockin' now that it's Seacrest? <laughs> it might. I, have, I, have, I don't think I've ever watched it with Seacrest. I don't know. I haven't watched that shit in 20 years. I have no idea. That fucker should – Come up with his own adverb, man. You can't just move in on somebody's rockin' Eve. You can when the network says it's okay. Son of a bitch. Networks control everything. Poor control Dick. Control it all! <laughs> Poor Dick. Can't do shit. Can't do nothing. God, I've got this weird zit on, like, the top of my foot. Such an uncomfortable spot for it. Your foot? Yeah, like, on my foot. Like dead middle of my foot, just this big old fucking zit. That's a weird spot for that, homie. I'm telling you, it's fucking, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. <laughs> it's very awkward. It's very awkward. You put on a sock or a shoe, it rubs against the zit. Sockward. Sockward. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. And, uh, Sockward feels like as good a place as any to fire up the show, man. D2B2 Sports, how you feeling today, homie? Coming at you. I feel sockward. Feel sockward. Yeah, well, you know, we're in, a, we're in separate undergrounds again. Here on a Friday 5, I'm Derek Weber. That's Nikki Sager. Dueling undergrounds. Dueling undergrounds, that's right. Yes, of course. Never forget. Uh, yeah, you know, it's the, the snow and the shittiness outside. And I got called off of work tonight since I'm so far away from work as well. So it's I cool. went from making two separate big drives to zero drives today. Pretty solid upgrade uh, for your boy. That's a win. That's yeah, definitely rock, a win. Rock solid. Yeah, I might not even change out of my pajamas at any point today. I don't know. Yet another win. Two for two out here. Big wins. Days, big boys. Days without getting dressed are relatively underrated, I think. I completely occur, my guy, 100%. But it's the Friday Five, and for those who have listened before, y'all know what that means. We're going to do some betting and some daily fantasy plays, and we're going to come at you with the gusto with those picks. 
Uh, for I those of you some. that haven't listened before, I just gave you a recap of what we're going to do. Gusto. Gusto. I have some off the Richter, bizarre, and awesome DFS lineups. Sick. Yeah. I'm excited about I have, the first half of the show, but I'm like re- really excited about the second half of the show. I had some weird, I actually have a weird journey I went on with my DFS that I'm going to describe today. Like, I, I like the way we're doing DFS now for sure, because the way I changed mine like three times and I've noted all the changes. So okay. I've kind of got like a little journey I went on with my DFS. So I'm excited to talk about that. I think it's a decent one. It's not my, it's, I don't like it as much as I liked last week's cribs we came to, but uh, we'll see. It's got legs. Did pretty well last week. Won a couple bucks. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, I mean, I guess you could write home about it because if you're writing, when you're writing home about something, are you like writing your parents? Are you writing your 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 spouse? I think who's it's that, like a who's that letter for when you write home about something? I think it's parents more often. Well, parents or spouse, really, because like it's like a war term or a school academia term. Like if if you're in school, it's probably parents. If you're like at war, it might be parents or spouse or either or both. You know, like you got variety of who could be receiving the letter written home. There's there's an important distinction to be made here, though, because if I were if I were going to write home about the money that I won last week, like I might write my parents because parents are like happy and proud about everything you do. But I would not write my spouse because she would just be like, who gives a fuck about this, man? This is this is not worth the, the stamp you put on this envelope. Fine point, sir. Fine point. Oh, well, yeah. But, you know, it's it's an expression that hasn't really aged into the modern era very well when you really try to put thought into it. You know, it's a it's a it's an expression from a different time. I think they they augmented it nowadays. It's would you would you email home about this? I wouldn't I think, email home. Dude, I think you're still living like 20 years premature now. I think email home is also a relic of a different time oh, already. Haven't got haven't caught up yet, huh? Emails are like business only for people these days, dog. No one's emailing personal stuff. Would you tweet about that? Is that what it is? Like I wouldn't I wouldn't tweet about it. <laughs> tweet home? I was happy tweet it. Yeah. I was I was pleased with what I won, but I wouldn't I wouldn't tweet about it. It's nothing to tweet about. I think that E T tweet home. Um That's what I'm sticking with. Nothing to tweet about. Ain't nothing to tweet with. Oh. The Muck Duck Clan. Ain't nothing to tweet with. God damn it. Muck ducking around already. Dude, we're only seven <laughs> minutes into this. We can't be getting in the Muck Duck already. It's uh, it's early to be stuck in the Muck Duck. I, uh, I'm glad that we don't do anything, like, video-wise, because I do some weird shit with my face when this is going on. Like, I was just rubbing my eyes, and I know oh, that, dude. like... For some reason, when I rub my eyes, like I, I open my mouth like a, in a weird way, like I'm yawning or something, but I'm not. Rubbing the shit out of your eyes there, for sure. But we make it. We move on. We, uh, it's a good thing that we don't show the world what you do to your face, for sure. Because, yeah, that's how it goes down. I just make anything else, for that matter. Yeah, true that. Well, you know, it allows me to uh, sit here and uh, hit my vape pen more uh, discreetly, even though I just told the world about it. Uh, when I'm not on video, yeah, was discreet until I announced it. But I feel like we've adoed long enough. Without further ado, uh, do we want to go into last week's picks, or are we just scrapping that all together and just moving into the main crib? 
Um, let's do a quick recap just to make sure that we're being honest with ourselves and, and being transparent with the fans. Uh, you want a real quick recap? Mine were average and yours sucked. Yeah, I knew mine sucked for sure. Yeah, I didn't remember how you did, but I knew mine sucked. Well, I did I did bet a team that was getting four and a half points that made me sweat out a game, even though they were winning 33 to zero at one point. That was the most outrageous. You texted me that at halftime, and in my head, I was like, the Vikes are going to come back. And then, I, then in my head, I was like, that can't happen. That's an insane lead. And then in my head, I was like, yeah, but it could definitely happen. And I almost bet it. Like, I literally, like, pulled out my phone and considered betting Vikings money line at that moment. And I talked myself out of it. I was like, no, this is that's absurd. Don't do it. I lied. Done I bet it. it. But not money line. I just bet them, like, getting – 27 or something that halftime nice yeah i uh, did i was i was heavily considering the money line in that moment when you text me that <laughs> just because i thought fate would fuck with your hating of the vikings so hard i want a, just a rant about this game from you if, if you would indulge me and indulge our audience on your thoughts on this vikings comeback please it's it's everything that I, I talk about almost on a weekly basis. It's just another notch in the win column in a game that was played like fucking garbage by a team that's not good. <laughs> that's Simple it. enough. That's it. I don't want to talk about the second half. I don't want to talk about the Vikings when they're good. I only want to talk about them when they're bad, which is over half of almost every single game that they play that they end up winning. Yep. Yep. Uh, the fact that their win differential is still in the negative it's, is... I think it's... No, no, no. It's positive uh, two now. Oh, it's positive two now. I'm sorry. Two. That's they outscored their opponents by uh, two points. My bad. With a 10-3 and three record? 11-3 record? 11-3. 11-3 and three. Three record, yeah. <laughs> and I had to do some math on what week it is. Talk to me about um, about their line this week. If you if you were forced to bet this game, how would you bet this game? Uh, what was the line on their game this week? I don't remember what their line was this week. Last night it was three and a half. I mean, I would. That's a dirty one. It's a dirty one. Uh, it's a dirty one because despite the fact that I love the team that they're playing, they're the exact same thing as the Vikings that are just also not as good as their record says. Yeah, so, yeah. That's yep. That's my thought exactly on the topic there. I'm like, it's that that game is weird. Uh, I think I. Man, I don't. I think it maybe look. What's the halftime angle? What, what's the halftime angle? I bet the Vikings will be losing at halftime. That's what I would try to find: is the Vikes to be down at halftime. It's interesting. I think that'd be my angle. All right, yeah, sure. Maybe they'll play a comeback kid again in the second half. I don't fucking know. But them losing at halftime makes a world of sense to me. So this is how you, this is how you do it. You would do Giants money line first half plus one fifty. Yep, yep, that'd be my move. And the game side, you you just push. Yeah, yep, that'd be my move. I like that move. I can't. I don't want to fuck with that game in general, but that that would be the most interesting of the bets I can think of off the top of my head. But, yeah, I'm with you. That game has no appeal to me. None. None. But uh, let's talk about games that do have appeal to us, you know? There uh, are some games. There are some appealing, some appealing games. 
some appealing games. And since I don't really have anything around me to flip, who, who do you want to go first? I'll just let you pick. Your choice, my dog. Uh, you go first. All right, cool, man. So my <laughs> theme this week is... Yawning? Just boring, underwhelming. That right at the Christmas, I love you're just bringing the holiday spirit of boredom to the table. Yeah. My bets are based on some of the most boring shit that's going to happen around the NFL. Uh, just underwhelming, underexciting. This is an anticlimactic week. The final two weeks of the NFL season get much more interesting. But these bets, you might even say I have a level of teenage indifference about it, like as if, that type of thing. You know, we're, there's going to be some angles played around with within the boring wheelhouse. As if. <laughs> I'm a teenager from the 90s, man. Leave me be. No shit, man. This, this, is, just you, this is just your actual age. Yeah, I know. It's fine. Whatever, man. Actually, I mean, no, that, yeah, I was about to say, that one's a few years older than me. I was like a kid when Clueless dropped, and that's like peak as-if time, right? Yeah. Uh, if you came to this sports <laughs> podcast expecting a Clueless reference, gold star to you. Way to be. You figured out life. You, uh, you cracked the code. The gun. All right, my first bet. This one's boring to me because I want it to be a pounding. I want it to be a ass whooping by the Dolphins on the Packers. But I think it's closer than it should be. So give me the Dolphins minus two and a half over the Packers at halftime. Playing a little first half Dolphin. Fins up. First half style. First half, only minus two and a half. This game winds up being way closer than it should be. Yeah, I've, for whatever reason, because I, I want it to just be a fuck the Packers blowout. I want to see the Packers just get rolled in this game, but it's just not going to be the way it goes down, I don't think. So give me the narrow Dolphins money line, or uh, spread, I'm sorry, minus two and a half. I think it's like the first game Aaron Rodgers has had a healthy receiving core all year. That is interesting. Uh, that is interesting. You know what I'm just noticing about my bet sheet? Fuck. For the first time this season, I have zero money line bets. At all. Not a single money line. Not even parlay style. Not even in my parlay, no. My parlay actually has a specific other theme. The The boredom theme only applies to these three bets. But yeah, that's my first one. Fins, you- minus two and a half, halftime. How about the uh, – this is stunning. I just read this. Um, Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVP, I think, right? Rodgers, two MVPs in a row? Is that right? Correct, yeah. See, Has not had a single top 10 fantasy performance this year. That's bonkers. Not in any week. Wow. Rodgers. Bonkers. Man, that's one that I'm glad I didn't wind up with in any fantasy leagues, but was heavy on my list of like, man, what the range Rodgers goes in is just awesome. I'd love to get Rodgers down there. And man, I'm glad I just swung and missed on all those attempts. I had him, uh, I don't have him in any leagues, but I've got him in a handful of uh, best balls that are, are mm-hmm. no longer alive. Yep, that makes sense. Do you well, have any living best balls to that one advance that you were showing me uh, or that you texted me about? 
the uh, this was uh, just another devastating moment uh, in the <laughs> the last two weeks of my football existence. The uh, nonsense Russell Gage Bucks touchdown at the end of the Bengals Bucks game knocked me down to second, which prevented Ooh. me. From Damn, brutal. Knocked out by Russell Gage. Russell Gage. That's a tough way to go. That's a tough way to go, for sure. I am also out on all my best balls. I did make the 25 back on one of them, and they get knocked out. That was my my only mild successful result. But but alas, that's how she goes, man. That's that's the way... yeah, so we have a lessons learned episode, and then we'll uh, we'll rip right back into it this summer. Yeah, we will. Uh, yeah, let's roll right on to your first bat. Speaking of rolling on things, I don't think we were actually discussing rolling. Well, you said roll on to something. Oh, limp biscuit style. <laughs> we, we had different get your roll ons. I had everybody get your roll on. Everybody get your motherfucking roll on. What? There's like a, there's another there's another roll on song that is um I couldn't even try to tell you who sings it, but it's I remember it's in the movie uh, Van Wilder. Roll out by Luda. Oh no! That well, I'm gonna give you a thumbs up for basically anything that involves Luda is gonna get a thumbs up out of me. Oh yeah, this is a pro Ludacris podcast. Stepped out the ride in ten and a half gators. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Sweet. It's a good day. All right, let's do this. We're gonna go right back to the well. We did this last week. Um my 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 take on this game was that the line didn't make any sense. And after I did a little bit of research, I came to the conclusion that the line still didn't make any sense. So uh, Bengals minus three and a half was one of my wins in a steady yet boring, uh, to use your theme, two and two week for me again last week. Uh, Bengals minus three and a half coming right back, going to New England. Uh, This time I'm only got to lay three. Um, I'll take the Bengals minus three. Mac Jones is the difference in how good Mac Jones is when he has a clean pocket versus when he's getting rushed is unbelievable. I mean, he's like, with a clean pocket when he's not rushed, he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. When he is rushed and when he has pressure, he has a quarterback rating of 25.8. 25. 25.8? 25.8 under pressure. Whoo, baby, that's bad. Trey Hendrickson is going to play uh, defensive end for the Bengals, despite having a broken hand. Which uh, I that think just means he gets the billy club on his arm. Exactly. Yeah. If if Jason Pierre-Paul can be effective with two fingers, then I I think this guy can can get it done with a broken hand. I also think that the completely insane ending to the Raiders-Patriots game last night is probably the kind of thing that just demoralizes a football team. I think that when you lose a game in a heartbreaking fashion involving your wide receiver throwing a 27-yard backwards lateral for no reason whatsoever to Chandler Jones on the other team who then stiff-arm face plants your quarterback and rumbles into the end zone as time expires. Like, I don't know how you come back from that. Yeah, man. Do you really get up for the next game after that happens? Yeah, you either come out deflated as shit or you come out fired up. But I lean towards the former, not the latter on that one for sure. 
Oy. So I think this is an interesting thing. I think that it, if Brady was still on this team, I would say you come back fired up and you put it on somebody. I don't think Mac Jones has that, right? I don't know that Mac Jones is the get a team fired up after some gut-wrenching loss kind of guy. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll, I'll, we'll learn a little bit about old Mac attack this week. But for the time being, I think the Bengals have too many weapons. I think the Patriots don't have very many weapons. And I don't really see how they keep up, quite frankly. I, I like this bet. Uh, the, not being afraid of McCorkle would be a funny way to get snake bit by it for you, for sure. But uh, yeah, I don't fear the Corkle that heavily. Uh, is there any crossovers between McCorkle and Corky Romano yet? Has anyone done any like any of this in the interweb somewhere? If not, me makers of the world, go like get out there. You're welcome, McCorky Romano. But this should be like a craft commercial, right? Like McCorkle should be endorsing Romano cheese. Uh, well, that's just a slam dunk. That's a Sprinkle gimme. Some McCorkle Romano on your spaghetti. Ah, uh, McCorkle Romano. Yeah, Olive Garden. Definite advertising opportunity for Olive Garden. Oh, a McCorkle Romano dish sounds like just one of the... It sounds like it's in that limited time appetizers menu. There'd be like a McCorkle Romano plate. And it's like a cheese plate that served to go with their breadsticks to share for the table as an appy. I I had a different idea. I was thinking that it'd be something that... The McCorkle Romano, like something that Olive Garden tests as a potential entree in like a small market like Arkansas or Alabama and is very, very popular. And then when they spread it to the rest of the world based on its popularity in, in Arkansas, they are surprised when people in Seattle don't want to eat squirrel Parmesan. <laughs> so shocking. <laughs> so clever advertising, poor execution on the test market. That's good stuff, sir. <laughs> Squirrel Parmesan. Uh, I'm, I'm sound clipping that for sure. That's a good squirrely. Give me a squirrely play for your next play. Do you have a squirrely option? Something with a nice bushy tail? See, the, the problem is with my boring bets, they're all, it's none of it's, none of it's squirrely. It's all just kind of predictable. Well, I don't know. All right. Chief Seahawks under 49 and a half. Wow. All right. I don't know. Is that squirrely for you? Under 49 and a half? I, I, I'm not. I don't know. Uh, Talk to me about it. You've got this as a points fest, I'm guessing. And I've got this as an expected points fest that just kind of underwhelms a little bit. Just a little bit like, a, oh, maybe just one really slow quarter kind of tricks. Oh, just kind of. Oh, oh, big yawn. I just think it's going to come short of the expectation of shootout. Um, it's in Kansas City, right? Yeah. So outdoor game, inclement weather happening all over the country. Maybe like it could come reasonably close. I could see this being in the 40s. I don't think it's. I'm, I'm not. I'm not calling like a 2017 game or anything like ridiculously low. I just think uh, 50 is a high number to reach, and I think outdoors. Things go a little bit slower than expected. Maybe each game, each team's kind of running the ball a little more than average, and time's just being taken down by the clock a little bit more aggressively. And uh, yeah, just underwhelming in my theme of boredom. Underwhelming 
It is constantly zero degrees in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, that's that's chilly. Whew. Ouch. Frigid. So here's let me let me you think that this is a a walk fest, but I got news for you, pal. This is not a squirrely play because squirrels don't walk anywhere. They literally run every single place they ever have to go. It's going to be a lot of running in this game, not a lot of walking. Think about it. Have you ever seen a squirrel walk in your life? Squirrels don't walk. As soon as they have to have to be somewhere, boom, I'm on it. Let's go. You got me, man. I, uh, I, I definitely didn't pick a squirrely bet based on the that parameter of squirrels be dashing. The walking squirrel does not get a nut. No, the, the squirrels, you're absolutely right. There's no leisurely strolling for a squirrel. It's chill in one spot, dart 20 feet forward, chill in that spot for a second, dart 20 feet forward. <clears throat> like, look around, maybe sit in a tree for a few minutes, dart onto a different branch on the tree. Yeah, you're right. Constant, fast movement by the squirrels. It's going to be cold in KC, but uh, not a lot of wind. Less than 10 mile an hour winds, which I think is, I think people get too wrapped up in cold weather and snow having an impact on totals, but I, I think it's really wind more than anything else. That's fair. No, I, I, wind is definitely the bigger factor, but yeah, zero is frigid, boy. Whew. We'll see how the weather well, holds by that day, but... I'm going to stick with that game, and even though I don't agree with you that it's going to be a low-scoring game, if it is, that will actually play in to the angle that I'm playing in this game. I'm going to take the Seahawks plus 10. Um, the juice is actually on the minus 10, so we might get up to 10 and a half by kickoff. But Casey, we've discussed this. We're going to keep discussing it. Casey does not blow teams out. I mean, the, the 10 points is a lot of points for the Chiefs to lay. They win, but the, the Chiefs are a very poor ATS team. They do not cover a lot of spreads, especially big ones like this. Seattle is fighting for a playoff spot. They have a whole lot more necessity to be the running squirrel than Kansas city does who can practically back into home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Uh, Seattle's pretty much in win, win now mode. If you want to stay in this race, you, you can't really lose a lot of games. I know they're not going to be with Tyler Lockett. I don't know how much that matters. I think Marquise Goodwin is a decent enough receiver and Geno Smith doesn't make mistakes in all honesty. He's incredibly efficient. He completes 71% of his passes and the Chiefs' defense is questionable at best. So I'll take 10 points. I think it's a little bit of a gift. I don't think it should be that much. I eyeballed that bet as well. Uh, I, I definitely agree with your take here that, yeah, the, the Chiefs don't blow people out. Uh, I, I swung and missed that I, I thought last week the, was the rare time they might do so. Um and even in that game, if you can't blow the Texans out, you're not going to blow the Seahawks out. Like, it's just a team. They blew the Texans out in every single thing about that game except points, which doesn't, I mean, it sounds like an idiotic thing to say, but, like, the disparity is stunning. Like, I think the Texans only had, like, 219 yards of offense. Like, you shouldn't be able to take the Chiefs to overtime if you only amass 219 yards of offense. Correct. Craziness, man. But yeah. Uh, all right. So, that, so that's your second bet there. So that's uh, my third bet is now where we stand then. Number uh, three. 
This is another under and just another string of boring, unexciting football. Chargers, Colts, under 46. Chargers, Colts, under 46, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have uh, much. You got two teams playing. You got two teams playing in opposite directions. The Chargers playing much better football recently. The Colts. Well, I guess just being the Colts, just being rough across the board. Just colting uh, it, it up. I have a tough time. Uh, I wouldn't – 46 is a high number when the Colts don't have Jonathan Taylor, so I have no confidence in their offense to really produce points. Like – I mean, they can't fucking block when they have him. It's hard yeah. enough to run if you are Jonathan Taylor. I can't imagine it's going to be easy to run for Zach Moss. Dion Jackson. Yeah, dude, I concur. And with all that in mind, I, I I also considered taking the the Chargers against the spread, but this felt like the safer way to go. Yeah, in the, case the Chargers, in case the Chargers yes. underwhelm, if they underwhelm, then this under definitely hits. If they actually cover the spread, then this then this still probably hits because the Colts just shit the bed. I can I see know. that. I think that that makes sense. Um, that, a couple of different things. Matt Ryan has benched again, second time getting benched this year. Uh, however, we're not going back to to your your main man Sam Ellinger. We're, uh, Nick Foles starting at quarterback for the Colts this week. All right, that makes me change my mind a little bit. Big Dick Nick Foles coming in the fold. Are you serious, Big Nick? I don't think it should change your mind because there's. There's some some reports that are floating around that seem to come from like pretty reputable sources that like he completely does not know what the fuck the playbook is. <laughs> like not even, I mean, not even like masking it. Like they just come out and they're like, yeah, we're pretty sure he doesn't really know how to run this offense. Like I don't think he thought he was going to play ever. Just did like it's incredible. Uh, well, I'm excited to see Nick Foles take the field. Then actually, that that's exciting. What a time. That, that's Super, being Bowl, at this, Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles coming at you. At the same time, I don't know. I feel like this is this happens like almost every year. This just for whatever reason, this I don't have a lot of analytical anything to support this. But doesn't this just seem like that your your like end of season Chargers loss, like a game that they lose for no fucking reason whatsoever? They just like don't get up for it for some reason and lose. I can absolutely see that. And it's a in that world, thing to do. And in that world, my under definitely hits. Um, no, I'm with you. I, yeah, that was, I, I, that was the part where like because uh, my first consideration was on the Chargers. And then I pivoted to the under because I was like, every other way I lose the Chargers bet all comes in at an under. Yeah. No, that's, I, I think you're right. There's no – yeah, you're right. How do, the Colts aren't going to blow them the fuck out. Like, that's not a real thing. No, that's not going to happen. Like, 46 is a pretty high number for one of these two offenses being completely inept and starting fucking Nick Foles. Interesting. Embarrassing, and that's my third boring ass bet. It's just a bunch of boring f- football, sloppy football, shenanigan-filled football happening all over. There's a couple other games that I like 
here. I'm having a hard time narrowing it down. But I think we're going to go this direction. Probably because otherwise I will have less to talk about later on in the episode. So I'm going to do Titans minus three at home against the Texans. Titans are not necessarily playing the best football as of late. Uh, they are starting Malik Willis instead of Ryan Tannehill this week. I know that's going to limit their offense some, but their last five times they've played the Texans, Derrick Henry has averaged 196 yards rushing. Is that real? In his last five games against them. So, I mean, this is a decent sample size when you're talking about one player. Like, that's not like you had a, you had a good game that made up for bad. Like, that's five times in a row to average almost 200 yards rushing. I don't have any idea why that's not the case this week. The Chiefs did actually gain over 500 yards last week to the Texans, 219 yards. Whatever nonsense Davis Mills, Jeff Driscoll rotation the Texans are throwing out at quarterback is probably no better than Malik Willis being a very untested rookie. And I think that this is actually going to be a snooze fest of a game to your theme. That is just Derrick Henry pounding the ball down their throats all game long and Houston having no answer. That's one of the filthiest stats I've ever heard in my life. Five game sample size. That's a filthy five by Derrick Henry right there on a Friday five. I'm really into that. Fucking 196. So if he runs for like, he'd have to run for over 220 to get his average over 200. But if he ran for like 220, he could get his average against the Texans across six games to 200 yards. Mm -hmm. Filthy. Hell yeah. I love that. That's, that's exciting stuff. Uh, That. So you've actually, uh, you've, You've hit two of the four elements of my parlay across your first three bets. Solid. Yeah. So we're going to just rip into that and then we'll hit the prop since we're already. Yeah, we might as well. Yeah, we've already landed there. So my parlay is what I call the itty bitty favorites parlay. The mini favorites. I'm taking just narrow favorites across the board. Four leg parlay plus 1150. I've got Lions minus two and a half in a battle of the big cats. I've got the Bengals minus three, one of your bets from a bit before. Titans minus three, what you just talked about. And this one, I, I hate playing it, but it just feels accurate. Browns minus three. I think that's like a Nick Chubb. In the same way that Derrick Henry does his dirt to the Texans, this is just like a Nick Chubb comes in, decimates the Saints. Boring football, but the Browns win by over three. The total in that game is 32 points. Yeah, you texted me that. and I <laughs> 32 is the total in the win game. Your quote in the text to me, actually, I'm going to pull it up and I'm going to read it word for word because I don't want to misquote your text to me because I thought it was a pretty good one. The Saints-Brown total is 32. 32? Question mark, question mark, question mark. What year is this? That's a fucking Army-Navy total. (laughs) And then I want to... 32 points? 
And then I want to give you a shout out because then you sent me a screenshot of a four leg parlay you hit at plus three thousand one hundred and sixty four. It's a pretty badass parlay you hit. So I want to give this a shout out real quick. Then I'll go back to my parlay. But he had. Yeah, badass. I'm looking forward to getting into some puck once football season's over. I'm going to have to transition my brain and get it, get on some puck. But I'm uh, I'm excited to play some Dude, puck. Shots on, shot on goal parlays are – there are some angles there that I think the book's starting to do. <clears throat> yeah, you had David Pasternak, six-plus shots on goal at plus 194. Alex Ovechkin, five-plus shots on goal at plus 158. Martin Nikas – at four plus shots on goal at plus 148, and Kevin Fiala at three plus shots on goal at minus 136, you wagered $15, won $489.65. Fiala was the last leg of that, and he ended up with six. <laughs> it's like if I had gone like yeah. five plus on that, it would have been a killer. But we were safe. We brought it home, almost a little little $500 uh, Christmas parlay, maybe. Woo. Ooh, baby. Yeah, I wanted to shout that out on air because that's some pretty sexy crib I saw. Uh, yeah, that's my that's my four-leg parlay. All narrow favorites. All teams expected to win. And with the way I feel about this weekend, I don't really feel like pushing the luck on any of those to drag or do anything ridiculous like I've been known to do in weeks past. I'm going to just let all four sit at their small, narrow win, to- win margin. The Browns the one I'm least comfortable with of the four, but I wanted a fourth leg on there to get it at I like the plus Browns. over a thousand. That's the, the one I'm most nervous about. That one just feels like um, a push waiting to happen for me. I'm just like I can just see like that being the thing that pushes this. I come so we'll close to hitting down this. to two and a half. Mm. It's probably a good idea. I might consider that. Yeah, it's not really gonna affect the multiplier that much at that point. It's a good call. I like your style because, yeah, that field goal makes me nervous on that one. The Bengals and the Titans, I'm confident in clearing by more than three. Like, I'm comfortable leaving those threes alone. But that Browns, if I can get that down to two and a half instead of three, good call. I'm going to do that, actually. That's going to be a thing. I'm just, well, I've already bet this, so I guess. I'm... Anyway, <laughs> I'll leave it as it is. Fuck it, because I already bet it. I'm not going to undo my own bet. It's fine. We roll forward. Hit me with your parlay. Then we'll do our props after that since we've kind of flipped the order here. Mine kind of follows yours to a certain extent. Mine's four teams. I want all money line. I do have the Browns in there. I've got the Vikings in there. I don't, I don't think the Giants can beat the Vikings. I, I hate to say it. I'll be very happy if it happens. But I don't think I see that materializing. I've got the uh, Steelers uh, minus 135 against the Raiders. Uh, it's weird that I just made a, a comment about how I think that it's very hard for the Patriots to come back for that devastating loss. But I also don't think the Raiders get up <laughs> after that. Uh, Miraculous win. Yeah, exactly. Miracle is a good word for it. And uh, the last piece that is the piece that actually gets this up to a, uh, a decent payout at 11 to one is uh, the Eagles money line plus 170. I don't care if they have Jalen Hurts or not. Yeah, I like the Eagles play this weekend as well. I still think the Eagles are better than Dallas. And uh, I think Gardner Minshew comes in and fucks in this game. We'll talk about that a bit uh, more later. But I think I think Minshew comes in and has a game. 
You know my thing. I'm I'm all about uh, good teams with backup quarterbacks. I think the Eagles have a better offensive line. They have a better defensive line. They have a tremendous secondary. And killer weapons. And I mean, Dallas, did, they, Dallas just got torched by the Jaguars. I mean, if the, if the Jags can put up 40 points, I don't know that the uh, the Eagles are going to have a hard time scoring. I, I, I think that's a solid. Plus 170 is pretty good for that game, I think. Plus 170 is pretty good for the team with the best record in the NFL. That, yeah. Like, regardless of now backup quarterback, like, yeah, of course Jalen Hurts is better, of course. But, yes, best best team by record in the NFL at this point, and you're getting decent money on them for a money line? Hell, yeah. Listen, I'll I'll shit on any team from Philadelphia any team I can anytime I can. And I I'm not trying to dog out Jalen Hurts when I say this despite my desire to, but I don't know that this is anywhere near as much of a step down as people think it is. I know Minshew doesn't have the rushing ability by any means that Jalen Hurts does. But if you want to tell me that you think Minshew is a better passer, like I'm not going to argue that too much, right? We'll have to wait and see. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. I do want to dog on Philly real quick, though. Yeah. For Miles Sanders fucking dud last week. Miles, what the hell, my guy? Very unsquirrelish. Not a lot of running. No squirrel behavior coming out of Miles there. Like, you know what he was? He was a gopher with a nice snack sitting in front of him because he just wasn't moving at all. He was just, like, chilling. Yeah, but not like the cool one from Caddyshack. Just like a fat... Yeah. Overstuffed, ate too many golf balls. Yeah, no, go for it like the back end of his life there. Like, just chubbed out, not really wanting to run anywhere anymore, not really digging holes anymore even. Just kind of yeah, like sitting there. Slurping up whatever he can find in a root beer can on the ground and letting time go by. Yeah, disappointing, Miles Sanders. I just wanted to give a shout-out to that terrible performance and – uh between it got me knocked out of a playoff round and uh, had I had him in DFSs for days. One including one DFS that still made money in spite of his broke ass. Imagine if I had played a competent running back performance that week instead of Miles Sanders, could have been some big money. Same, yeah, I made that that mistake as well. This a damn pointing, but yeah, just wanted to blast that. I like your parlay though. That's so you said that's an eleven to one. Eleven to one, yeah. Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, man. I, I feel like I talk about this every week, but if it keeps working, why not just keep going back to the well? That that team is so much better with, with TJ Watt on the field. It's insane how much of an impact he has. I agree. I agree. One of my uh favorite young defensive players in the league. It's cool. It's cool that he's healthy again. Fuck Pittsburgh, but uh that team is tremendously better with him. It's cool there's like more than one set of dominant brothers. In the NFL too, right? Like the, yeah, the that is cool. Two Watts and two Bosa's is pretty interesting, unique, right? Indeed. Even if you know, obviously JJ is at the back end of his career, especially with this now latest injury. But still, that the level of domination he achieved in his prime for his brother to be able to step in the league and actually look comparably dominant is impressive. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. So let's talk props, man. I uh, I said last week after being inspired by how oddly specific your prop was that I was going to try to dive in and find a really oddly specific prop to play. And I found one. 
This is a really weird, fun, oddly specific prop that I didn't know one could bet. I bet at plus 850 that both teams score in every quarter of the Dallas-Philly game. That's my little squirrely angle into that game. Just both teams score. Can be a field any goal, points. can be a touch. Any points. Every quarter. That is fun. Plus 850? That's pretty fun. It's a good time. That's a good time to throw very little money at. You know, just like a couple bucks, dollar or two. Just like a cheap little bet that can net you 8 to $16, depending on if you go that dollar or two. You know, like, what a good time. I think there's a lot of points in that game still. Um, I, I don't think it's like absurd points, but I think <laughs> the ball's moving on both sides well enough that each team will at least achieve a field goal, if not a touchdown, every quarter. I like it. I can get behind that. That's, man, I might try to find something to do with that a little bit differently, but I like where you're going. Yeah, uh, I came across it, and I was like, this is the perfect, oddly specific type thing I was looking for. I don't have an odd one this week. I have a very, very straightforward one, but I think it's... I think everything about this makes sense. So we we briefly touched on the 32-point total in the Browns-Saints game. The uh, Saints are going to be without Chris Olave. They're going to be without Jamar uh, Jarvis Landry. I don't even know if Michael Thomas is still alive. So basically the best receiving weapon for the New Orleans Saints is uh, Rashid Shahid. So if you're going into a game against the Browns in shit, frigid, windy, blustering, garbage weather, you're not going to be able to just shove the ball down their throat with a underperforming Alvin Kamara all game. So you're going to have to get a little bit creative. So I'm going to hop on uh, Taysom Hill over 35 rushing yards. Over 35? Taysom Hill over 35 rushing yards. Interesting. All right. That's a fun play. Uh, you got to give the guy – I mean, listen, you're going to have to find a way to move the ball in this game, and it's not going to be by Andy Dalton feeding Rashid Shahid. You don't expect the Shahid double down? This, I, I guarantee he'd this play. <laughs> guarantee he'd it. Guarantee All right, all right. <laughs> Taysom, 35 rushing. It seems out there when you look at it, but I think if you if you think about how this game is going to materialize, it makes a world of sense to me. A whole wide world of sense. I like that play overall. Uh, and what and what's the return on it? All right, it's just normal juice minus one ten. Normal juices. Tight, and on to the part of this Nick is most excited about some I'm DFS. Very fired up. DFS. Well, since he's so pumped, I kind of want to hear what he built first. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm let you lead this bad boy off. So I, I want to hear what you've got planned and that miraculous mind of yours, M2. Well, I want to share two of them with you. Um, they are both the big slate, so they're both the Saturday slate this week, being that we are in a, a festivus 
of holidays. But uh, most of us. I'll go with my less weird one first. But I am excited to talk about my really weird one. Although I fear that you might be on the same page as I am for this second one I'm going to talk about. But so here is what I'm looking at. I, I, I found a game that I really enjoyed the ability to stack. And I found a unique way of doing it that, believe it or not, I was able to funnel in some seriously overpriced weapons and still find a way to make this work. So I started with Geno Smith, DK Metcalf, Marquise Goodwin. Geno Smith is only 5,800. Metcalf is 7,100. Marquise Goodwin is only 4,300. So you're getting a $4,300 wide receiver on a team that does not spread the ball out, right? The Seahawks run a very concentrated pass tree. If, if Lockett and Metcalf are playing, you don't see the ball going to their third, fourth, fifth, sixth receivers like you see on the Bills, other teams like that. This is basically we have an X and a Y, and they get all the throws. So I'm getting one of these guys at only 4,300 that has proven his ability to be a capable receiver in the NFL in a game against Kansas City where they're going to have to score points against a relatively suspect defense, right? Then I'm bringing this back two different ways. So first, I'm bringing it back with uh, Jarek McKinnon at 5,900, who's coming off back-to-back monster games, 34-plus fantasy points in his last two games, at least seven receptions and seven yards in each game. It's a $5,900 running back. And believe it or not, I was able to work in Travis Kelsey as an $8,000 tight end. Fuck yeah. So we're staying away from the spin-a-wheel and guess which wide receiver is going to have a good day on the Chiefs. But we're getting the absolute target hog in Travis Kelsey at an optimal premium at the tight end position and coming back with a running back that's hot. I mean, like, ridiculously hot, right? Third wide receiver is Jahan Dotson at only 3,900. Jahan Dotson, listen, Jahan Dotson can play. Taylor Heineke loves throwing to him. Throwing to him, He's coming up a 100-yard game with a touchdown against the Giants. San Fran is obviously a much more stout defense than the Giants. But... I think that the stoutness of their defense caters more towards stopping Brian Robinson and slowing down Terry McLaurin than it does a speedy, small little slot receiver in a only $3,900 Jahan Dotson. Double tight end. I'm getting more and more into the double tight end setup, so I put our boy Chiggy Aconquo, $3,500 in the flex. Defense is curious. Um, As of right now, I've actually got the Panthers D against the Lions. Panthers D is playing well recently. Jared Goff is not good on the road at all. And they're only 2300 So that's an incredibly cheap defense. I've got $400 to play with. So if I wanted to, I could go up. But there's not really anywhere up that I would want to go. I mean, you could do the Texans at 2500 against Malik Willis. But we already discussed the fact that Derrick Henry is just going to smash the ball down their throat. You could do the Cowboys at 26 which is a very high-scoring fantasy defense, but I, I don't think that uh, I don't think Minshew sucks. I guess this is just a play that Minshew doesn't suck, basically, right? Yeah, but I'm, when it's I'm, all I'm said and done, after we've made made it this far, we still had ninety-two hundred dollars to play with. So, uh, you can go a couple different directions here. You could either do Henry or McCaffrey in this game. Ooh, I, I like Henry more. For Henry or McCaffrey. I've got McCaffrey in as of right now. 
but I mean, don't don't worry too much because Henry's in my next lineup. So perfect. You could you could make an argument that he should be in both of them. But we'll so give me the top to bottom rundown of that again. If if that was the last piece there, the Derrick Henry piece, or the I'm sorry, not the the McCaffrey piece. Geno Smith QB. That's the last one. Yeah. So we're Geno Smith 5800, McCaffrey and McKinnon. 88 and 59. Metcalf, Goodwin, Dotson is the receiving core at 71, 43, 39. Eight G's, Kelsey, double tight end, Aconquo at 3,500. Panthers D, 2,300. I ultimately went with McCaffrey instead of Henry because the only way that Aconquo puts up points as a $3,500 tight end is by stealing a touchdown from Derrick Henry. So, you're you're just kind of eating off your own plate if you put both of them in a lineup. Yeah, that makes sense. You think that's a fair way of looking at it? I think that's a very fair way to look at that. Yeah, I concur completely on that thought, sir. So your whole lineup just now inspired not one but two changes in mine, and I will go Snap. over those. I, I'll present what it was before, and then I'll tell you how it changed based on what you just presented me. So my journey, my tale of the tape here, I uh, I started with Saints defense, 2,800. Uh, like that in an outdoor game, like the chance for a turnover. Yeah, just like that play at that price tag. Uh, Deshaun Watson looks like his, his arm is a noodle. That's a big fact there. Yeah, fucking noodly arm jerk. And uh, so QB, QB, I went Gardner Minshew, 4,800. Yes. And right away, I stacked on with the tight end with Dallas Godair for 4,500. And yeah, I know people say Goddard, but I'm a Godair guy. Because I'm daring like that. Go Darren. So 4,500 well, sure Dallas, Dallas Godair. Dallas, very French. Oh, Dallas. <laughs> and then... <laughs> The 1.0 version originally went DeAndre Swift at 5,500, which stayed, and uh, Isaiah Pacheco at 5,700. And then then, um, the next wave came DK Metcalf at 7,100, which then I – yeah, there it is. DK Metcalf at 7,100. And then I went back to back with Amari Cooper at fifty nine hundred or fifty seven hundred. I can't tell if I wrote a nine or a seven there. And Kadarius Tony at four forty two hundred. And then I got rid of both of those eventually, because that yeah. all led to me having enough room for Justin Jefferson at ninety three hundred. And uh, then that all got flopped around to DK gone, replaced with Justin Jefferson. Both those scumbags I just listed gone. That was the part I disliked the most in wave one. And replaced originally with Brandon Ayuk at 6,300, which I that part has stayed thus far, and Demarcus Robinson at 4K. That was coming into the recording where it stood with Tony Pollard rounding out as my flex at 7K. And then this is strangely, strangely similar to my other one. <laughs> okay, all right. In, in terms of its core, but let, sure. let's 
see where we augmented it and where we landed. So then the augmentations, the next wave came with get it. I had $100 left over at the end of that one. And then I replaced a Marcus Robinson with your Jahan Dotson at 3,900. So I saved another 100 there. And with that 200, I was able to make the bump from Pacheco to Jarek McKinnon. Sweet. So now the final layout. Gardner Minshew, 4,800. Jarek McKinnon, 5,900. DeAndre Swift, 5,500. I want to talk about that for a second longer, actually. I brushed past it when I first said it. I love this Swift play this week at 5,500. He's been getting he's been getting his legs back under him, and he's been getting more and more of the carries. Jamal Williams is becoming a bit more of an afterthought in terms of total touches in comparison against a Carolina defense that's been Swiss cheese against the run this year. Like I love it this play. While, it took a while for me to figure this out, but apparently it is possible for Jamal Williams to not score a touchdown every single week. Apparently that that can happen. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's so that stretch. Like I'm sure I'll have another touchdown or two this season, but like, yeah, the every week he's going to be a touchdown guy. Stretch is done now. The ball is balancing back out. Swift is getting some goal line looks again. Like, love the love the DeAndre Swift play this week. I think he could have a monster game at 5,500. Uh, Justin Jefferson, 9,300. Brandon Ayuk, 6,300. Uh, now, thanks to that alternate, we've got a little, uh, got a little stack in that game with Jahan Donson now at 3,900. Dallas Godair at 4,500 at tight end. Tony Pollard, a little stack in, into that game uh, at 7K. And Saints defense, 2,800. What do you think about that, Pam? This is good. I like I like what you're doing here. I've got I've to mention you. Do you think Minshew is going to be a popular play? Like, do you think that we think we're being contrarian, but it's actually going to be really popular? Because of the sub 5K price tag, I do think it'll have a reasonable level of popularity, which is actually why I avoided doing like AJ Brown or one of the bigger weapons. I thought the Dallas play over one of the bigger weapons would make it a little less common compared to some of those other ones. Yeah, I, I like I like what you're what you're thinking here. I had a, a similar idea. And I, I didn't go with it. But I did I did stick with a, a Minshew lineup. Let me will you run yours down from top to bottom for me one more time, please? I will. Uh I'll just get price tags just to be efficient real quick. Minshew, McKinnon, Swift, Jefferson, Ayuk, Dotson, Godare, Tony Pollard, Saint Steve. That's fun. It is fun. I actually like the final version of this a lot more than I did coming into the morning with those two swaps, too. I've, I like it a lot more. I wasn't crazy about the uh, Demarcus Robinson play. I do think the Ravens have a better week offensively this week with a much uh, worse defense they're going against, a uh, much more favorable matchup. Like The three-point performance, I think, is an outlier, not what's to be expected with no Lamar. Although I don't expect it to be like I don't expect fireworks. I'm not expecting a night and day switch, but I can see this team at least being competent offensively this week against the Falcons, who are just rough on defense. Give up so many points. Hot, hot can't, garbage. Can't get pressure on the quarterback, so I think the quarterback can get the ball down the field a bit better. Well, Huntley can move too, even if they do get pressure. I don't. I don't know that that 
is problematic for Tyler Huntley. That's true. Yeah, so give me right, your gonna, Minshew version. So I'll tell you what, there are enough cheap options on this slate that you can make this work in a what looks on paper to be a, <laughs> a pretty it, it gets me fired up. I'll just put it that way. I'm fired up right now. I love when you get fired up. So I did your I did what you didn't want to do when I I did the the Eagles double stack. I've got Minshew, AJ Brown, and Devontae Smith. Damn. Did the big dog. 4,800 for Minshew, 8,100 for A.J. Brown, 6,600 for Devontae Smith. Again, I listen, I know Dallas can rush the quarterback, but the Eagles have a tremendous offensive line. The Cowboys secondary is very unimpressive. So I can definitely see a world where Minshew is just lobbing up jump balls to A.J. Brown. And at the same time, Devontae Smith has a lot of room to operate across the middle of the field with a suspect secondary. I've still had enough money to bring it back with Tony Pollard at 7,000. So my bring back is Pollard, which I think makes sense in this game because, A, he's just a, a great performer. But I don't see Zeke having a lot of room to run the ball up the middle, right? If you're going to put Zeke in the game, like, you're not stretching the field with Zeke. He's a run up the middle and try to fight his way for five yards kind of running back. But – that's not going to be – you're not going to have success doing that against the Eagles, right? You're also not going to have success finding open receivers because James Badbury and Darius Slay are two of the five best cornerbacks in the NFL. So if if Dallas can put together points, I think it's really going to rely on Tony Powder having a big day. You feel like that makes sense? I feel like that makes a world of sense. I, uh, I, I love the Tony Pollard play this week. Yeah, I, I do think Pollard's going to be an integral part of the offense for this week if they're going to be effective. Second running back is a very, very, very underpriced $5,800 J.K. Dobbins. Uh, you talked about how you think Baltimore is going to be able to move the ball against the Falcons. I think they are, and I think it's going to be with Dobbins at only $5,800. Uh, Dobbins coming off a big week, uh, two two big weeks in a row, to be quite honest with you. But, I mean, last week, he only had 13 carries for 125 yards. The week before, he only had 15 carries for 120 yards. So, Give me a guy that's working his way back into the offense against a suspect D at only 5,800 off back-to-back 100-yard games. Then we went dumpster diving, but you know I love my $3,900 Jahan Dotson to round out the wide receiver room. I stuck with the Panthers D at 2,300. Tight end, I, I went with the guy that I'm not a huge fan of, but he's only 2,900 bucks, and basically you're just hoping he catches a touchdown. However... He has caught a touchdown in two of his last four games, and that is a $2,900 Jordan Aikens, Houston Texans tight end. Fuck yeah. Which was necessary to do because it left me with $8,600 for Derrick Henry. So I got a little Derrick Henry Aikens mini stack after my big Eagle stack with a Pollard bring back. Hell yeah, dude. So Minshew, $4,800. Pollard, 7,000. Dobbins, 5,800. A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, 8,166,600. Jahan Dotson, 39. Aikens, 29. Henry in the flex at 86. Panthers D. Hell to the yeah. That's pretty solid. I, I dig the hell out of that. I dig it indeed, sir. All right, I want to build one. You want to build one together? 
We can absolutely build one together. Yeah. Um, Here's how I want to do this. I'm yeah, give, give me, give me a quick, give me a, give me a quick like thirty second pause because I actually have a surprise exercise for you after we build one as well. But I've, I've got to finish setting it up. I've, I've got the base legs. I just need a couple seconds, then I can port over to build one with you. This is gonna be fun. I've got a double fun exercise for you. Oh, cool. Double fun exercising. Suzanne double. Summers and Richard Simmons would be very pleased. Would they? Would <laughs> double fun. Double fun. Double stuff. Oh, don't you tease me with the double stuff. The way that I want to do this, for the record, I'm just going to talk a little bit while you're finishing up whatever Please. you're finishing. I, I want to put this together in a way that basically goes against all of my strategy for building DFS lineups, just to, to, to see what this looks like. But I think, I think the idea, at least for now, has legs. Maybe once we start moving pieces around, it's not going to look as good. But for the time being, I, I'm intrigued by how this can be done. And it's something that nobody in their right mind would do, because from a, a game theory standpoint, it's probably very poor strategy. However, there's an angle that I think makes sense. Let, present me with it, baby. I am set up for success. I've got this thing set up for you and I to twerk upon the bit. So here's the way that I want to do this. I want to put together a lineup with Justin Fields as quarterback and nobody else in this game whatsoever. Okay. So a naked Justin Fields with no stack and no bring back. Friday Five, a naked Justin Fields, a pretty good title, by the way. Yeah. It's not bad. Nudie Fields. Nudie Fields. <laughs> All right. I've got Justin Fields locked in. Let's go from there. Nudie uh, Fields, by the way, uh, unknown fact, first album ever released by Matchbox 20. I don't believe you. Nudie Fields. Look it up. <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up later. Let, Bonus points if you can name the singer of Matchbox 20. Oh, I don't remember that jerk-off's name. Rob something. Rob Thomas. You see? No faith in yourself. Well, I had to think about Santana. I was like, wait, he had that, had that song with Santana. And then it came to me, Smooth featuring Rob Thomas. That song, well like, owned that year. Like, literally, that year was owned by Smooth by Rob Thomas and Carlos Santana. That, what was that, like, 99? It, 99, 98, 2000, right? And that uh, three, that song, three, yeah. For the record, that song was terrible. Oh, it's not a good song. Maria Maria was the banger of that album. Ah. A better song. Featuring UGK and Wyclef. Or not Wyclef. UGK. Very underrated musician, Wyclef Jean. Wyclef Jean is the tits, and anyone that doesn't know that is just fucking lying to themselves. And a communist. And a communist. Yeah, I feel comfortable saying that. I have no qualms with that at all. I think that's not even slight hyperbole. Okay, so here's my theory, right? Um, I, 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 there's nobody on this beer I want to stack Justin Fields with. The weather's going to be fucking god-awful. It's going to be windy. It's going to be shit. So if Chicago's going to do things on offense, it's going to have to be with him running the ball, right? I mean, you're not playing this for Justin Fields' 
passing ability, but I don't remotely think it's far-fetched that he puts 100 yards up and a score on the ground. And then your all your passing output is just like bonus points at that point. I mean, right? I think I agree with you. Okay. So that's where we are. Fields, nobody else in this Buffalo-Chicago game. Go. So we, we should correlate some mini stacks in here somewhere. But would, I'll let you determine where you want to go from here. If you want to just slot in a cheap defense or a shitty tight end, that's fine. If you want to start out with some some bangers, if you want to if you want to go out and grab Derrick Henry right away, that's fine. So I was actually eyeballing one defense that's not super cheap is more in the mid price range here at thirty two hundred. I really like the Ravens defense this week against Atlanta. I think the Ravens need this game in a pretty bad way, and Atlanta's pretty fucking awful. Could turn the Des- ball over easily. Desmond Ritter sucks. Yeah, it could be a decent spot to like at least start there. And then if we come across <laughs> the upside there is if we start there at 3,200 and we later come across a spot where we need a couple hundred dollars, we can cut that defense and slide on down somewhere that feels cheaper and more comfortable. Okay. So I'm down with that. And then I would say that the next logical way to go is to, is to put in Dobbins and do like a little mini stack running back defense in the same game. I'm into that. Yeah, yeah. Just like the Ravens control this game here. So running the get running the ball, stopping the ball. Yeah. Exactly. I'm into so, that. All right. JK Fields. Dobbins at fifty eight hundred. Yeah, I like that as a little basis here. Fields, JK, Ravens D. So just I mean, there's gonna be a lot of crap games here, right? So we know what games we don't want a piece of. Other than the Cowboys Eagles game. There's the Giants-Vikings non, non-division dome game. There's Seattle-KC, not absolute terrible weather, but, I mean, <laughs> not great weather. But I don't want any offensive pieces from the Browns or the Saints. Nope, I agree. Um, I don't – well, I'll let, you, I'll let you determine where you want to move next. I would like to move into, yeah, one of these heavy-hitting games. Like, uh, uh, one of these, uh, whether it be Dallas-Philly, whether it be Chiefs-Seahawks, whether uh, – I'm I'm into moving into any one of those games. Um, I like to look at kind of the – 6k and below range of running backs and see if there's any of them that we love like obviously we're we're both into the Jarek mckinnon thing at 59 but I, I wouldn't mind looking down the range here and looking at cheaper than that running back plays that are potential options um how do you feel about how do you feel about putting in uh, marquise goodwin at 4300 uh, i mean i like marquise and that's a nice cheap price tag uh yeah, I'm into that play. Um, assuming that Seattle can move, which I think they can. Chiefs defense, not great. Yeah. If you're looking for guys in that price range, I like him. You know I like Dotson. Um, I, I find K.J. Osborne to be appealing at only 4,500. I know maybe maybe if you do that, you're, you're chasing after a big game. But – you know it's funny. I too, um, I eyeballed KJ Osborne with ever at, without ever actually selecting him for like two of my spots earlier or last night while I was building the initial part of my fate of my first DFS I presented. So let's play that. Let's at least do it for now, and then 
we can change it if we come across a, a reason to. But I like a reason to. He is definitely in the boomer bust category, but at 4,500, is gonna, I think it's going to be an uncommon play in a game with a fair amount of points on the board. It's in a dome. Are you, are you willing to do uh, a mini stack of KJ Osborne with Saquon? I, I think this is a say this is a good Saquon week. He's had he's had a little slump led, leading up the past couple of weeks, but I think that this is a good week for Saquon to bounce back in a big way. They need this game pretty bad in a dome. Yeah, I'm in a, I'm into Saquon there. So that's Saquon. So thus far, so now it'd be Jess Fields, J.K. Dobbins, Saquon Barkley, Marquise Goodwin, K.J. Osborne, and Ravens D up to this point. So we're looking at a receiver, a tight end, and a flex left. And we've got an average remaining of 5,600 for those three spots. So not we're not in a bad spot. We're in a pretty decent spot with all that. Um, tight ends, do you have a cheap tight end you love this week? Um, I always like a Conquo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still into that. Uh, I, I would flirt with Brock Wright after... After last week, maybe he's finding a bit more of a role in the offense at 2,800. What did he do other than that one ridiculous fourth and one touchdown? Oh, that's, I mean, so I, I, I retract because, yeah, he that was his he, only catch. He caught one of two targets for 51. And I, that other one was a pretty sloppy drop. So, yeah. All right. Uh, never mind. I'm Brock, right? I don't. Too soon there. Keep your eyes peeled in the future, ladies and gentlemen. So there's a con quote. You could do, I mean, I, does Isaiah likely? What do you think about Jawan Jawan Johnson with no receivers for the Saints? Jawan Johnson had four catches for sixty and two scores last week. Crap weather in Cleveland. I feel like you're not going to be going down the field a lot, especially with no receivers. <laughs> that seems like that should, in theory, open up things for a tight end at thirty eight hundred. I think I like a Conquell more at thirty five hundred. The only thing there that I find. I think I, I think I'm with you. The quarterback change is curious. I don't know if how much that affects his targets, but he's got five plus in four games in a row, and they don't have any receivers either. It's true. All right, we'll we'll, we'll put in a conquo. The Titans' pass defense sucks. That so it does. Sixty-six fifty for a flex and a wide receiver. So now is where we really we can play around a little bit here, right? Indeed. Plenty of play around room. I'd love to start at wide receiver and then uh, I always feel like I'd rather I like doing flex at the end just because when you have a finite amount of money left, there's just the most guys available. You know what's interesting is we're doing this all on DraftKings, but on FanDuel you can actually still play Taysom Hill as a tight end. Man, that's, that's a pretty curious play when you think about what I how I discussed the, the rushing yards prop for Taysom yeah. Hill. Yeah, no, it really is. I, uh, that is squirrely stuff. If you've got some FanDuel bucks, play around with a lineup with a, a Taysom Hill tight end because it's fun. That is fun. That is soups fun. Uh, looking at this last wide receiver slot, there's a couple things that have my interest. Um, Jahan Dotson is would be interesting here and would leave us flush with cash for our flex. That I mean, uh, John Dotson gets you Henry. Kadarius Tony is what it'd be. 
if we got it right with the Kadarius Tony and KJ Osborne in the same week on the same lineup, it leaves you so much money to spend on other stuff that's more likely to hit that like that it could be a real fucking uh, bonkers hit. I feel well. But you said Jahan Dotson could get us Derrick Henry. Jahan Dotson leaves you ninety four hundred. You can still get Derrick Henry. Uh, that is so, yeah, that is seductive. Let's put stuff. in Dotson. Let's put in Henry, and then let's now we get have eight hundred left. Let's get rid of Aconquo. And how do you want to do this? We could do, man, you can do a lot of things. You can do Dalton Schultz. You can do Dawson Knox. You can do David and Joku. I mentioned Jawan Dotson. I'm sorry, Jawan Johnson. All those become options there. But then, if comparatively, um, yeah, all those are interesting upgrade possibilities at that spot. Um, but just to do the comparative thing, if you kept a Conquo in, and uh, then then what do you want? Now you want the the Niners defense or the Browns defense? No, I wasn't going the defense upgrade option either. Although that that would be interesting. Although because I'm so rare to spend money like that at uh, defense. Um, I'm I'm testing something out real quick that I need a moment to look at. If we replace Saquon up at running back with Derrick Henry down at the flex, no, that doesn't even do the coolest things that I would really want it to do. Like, Stephon Diggs is then available, but, like, I don't like that in Chicago. Uh, I don't love Jamar Chase that much at New England. I like AJ Brown potentially, uh, but like, don't love it with in that situation. Yeah, I kind of just prefer Saquon there. Ooh, one other thing I'm gonna try. Mm, nope, I don't like that result either. Never mind. I, I think try- I like the. I like going up to Jawan Johnson, so we don't have Henry and Okonkwo eating off the same plate. Yeah, I'm into that. That's fine. Well, we still have 500 remaining. So our our wide receivers are dirt fucking cheap. Our most expensive wide receiver is 4,500. Is there anybody that you'd want to upgrade? Well, let's take a look at you. I don't see anybody I'd want to upgrade. Yeah, no, I'm pretty fine with all this as it stands, more or less. I mean, you could... Well, that doesn't do anything really exciting for me. So let's run it down. We have a a naked Justin Fields. Mini stack J.K. Dobbins and the Ravens. Mini stack K.J. Osborne and Saquon. Derrick Henry, Marquise Goodwin, Jahan Dotson, Jawan Johnson. Yeah. The other avenue... Could upgrade the defense to, like, the Lions at Carolina... That might be a with that with that five hundred dollar bubble. It's a three hundred dollar increase from the Ravens to the Lions. Or you could really just know. go up from. What if you went up to Dawson Knox at tight end? So you did have some bring back in the Chicago game. Who do you like more, Knox or Johnson? Um, I think I like Knox more. I I might even like like Dalton Schultz the most. Of like this Njoku Knox Schultz trio up here. 
Might even be a game for the Dalton Schultz pick. A little Schultzy. I I could be talked into that, especially when we, we covered how good Philly's cornerbacks are. Agreed. I think he's got tons of tons of availability to be a scorer in this game. Fields, Dobbins, Henry, Saquon. God, that's nasty. Bargain basement receivers: KJ Osborne, Marquise Goodwin, Jahan Dotson, Schultz, Ravens D. I like it. That's pretty. That's pretty that's sexy. Fun. That's fun to play with. It's weird. Yeah, it's not- All right, we're doing it. Yeah, why not? Oh yeah. Fantasy Basketball Invasion Minute. I've got one more building exercise. So I've I've picked five. I've filled in my five cheap slots in an NBA lineup. My, My one through five, as I told you, I like to build it. And I've got some guys in mind for my three expensive plays. But I want to I want to play around with those with you. Okay. So I've got currently a lineup with the cheap side base of Jaden Ivey, fifty three hundred. Uh, the Atlanta Bogdanovich, Bogdan Bogdanovich, sixty four hundred. Max Struess, fifty one hundred. Jalen McDaniel's fifty two hundred, and Jalen Duran. 5k which leaves less than i typically like that's i didn't get into the below 5k range with anyone with that so it leaves an average remaining of 76.66 for three total spots a guard utility a forward utility and a true utility a true utility if you will i will so some of the like if you want balanced, then like if you wanted to go spend around the same on each of those three spots, some guards of interest include Zach Levine, uh, Darius Garland, Kelly Oubre Jr., Kevin Porter Jr., uh, Devin Vassell, which is uh, which is one that I eyeballed there, Jalen Brunson, uh, Anfernee Simmons or Simons. Who I don't love his matchup against Denver, uh, but I do like the player. And Josh Giddy at sixty eight hundred. Uh yeah, so those are some of like the bigger names. Uh CJ McCollum at eighty three hundred. That one's got some legs to it for sure. Some sex appeal. So this is, those are some of the options in the guard wheelhouse. Uh if you bounce over to forward and they're trying to keep in that seventy six ish range not try to blow the big load on the forward spot some some forwards in that range include your boy paulo banchero at 8100 at the high end of that Kawhi for 8k uh christian wood 7700 zach levine 7600 keldon johnson 76 vassal again 72 scotty barnes 7k in a tough matchup against cleveland uh, Jeremy Grant, 6,900. Tough matchup against Denver. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., 6,500. Um, 
This is actually one of those spots that gets interesting because there's some reasonable forwards that are that are in like the 5K-ish range that if you went with one of these, then your guard and your regular utility could get pretty bonkers. Like you've got Kevin Huerta down here at 5,900. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., who's been streaky, but if you catch one of his hot nights, it's an over 20 points and some other goodies type of hot night at 5,500. Um Lonnie Walker the fourth, who's been getting more minutes since since Anthony Davis's foot injury. Lonnie Walker at fifty four hundred, uh, returning John Collins at fifty three hundred, who's been playing well since he came back. No Clint Capella in the fold, and is playing against Detroit, who is not a good defense in the interior. Uh, and that that actually might be my favorite of these plays is John Collins at fifty three. Did any of those more expensive plays sound cooler to you, or do you want to see what it looks like if we plug that in? So I got to uh, – I, I hate to do this, but I got to play catch-up here a little bit. Oh, you're good. No worries. I threw a shitload of information at you at once. You threw a lot of things at me. I did. And while I was trying to digest – Everything that was going on, I, I uh, like I told you, it's, it's amateur hour in the uh, the Y Town Underground. I, I managed to lock myself out of my DraftKings account somehow, so I had to do some some password resetting. Got to do it sometimes. It'll happen every now and then. We got that done, and now I'm spinning, spinning the wheel, spinning the loading wheel. I don't like that. Like when things are loading on a computer, it's a wheel because it just makes me feel like it's never going to load because it's just going to keep spinning and never go anywhere. It's the infinite. It's the inf- the infinity of it all. Yeah, but that's why I feel like it's never going to happen. I know. I agree. That's I'm agreeing with you. It's because it looks so infinite. I'm like, oh god, I'm going to be waiting forever. This is my life now. Oh, oh, we made it. You did it. Okay, bear with me, and just run me through the pieces that are are locked in. Your your cheap options. Hit me with that one more time. Sorry. Man. All right. Oh, no, you're good, man. Uh, Jaden Ivey. 5,300. Point guard? Yep. Okay. Shooting guard, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich at 6,400. Yes. It's tough to make sure. You got to make sure you get the right B Bogdanovich here. Yeah. We talked about dominating brothers earlier. The B2s being the Bojan and Bogdan Bogdanovich are both some ballin' brothers. If this isn't the most repetitive B2s in the world. This is pretty good. If you, if you just search by name on DraftKings, they both come up as B. Bogdanovich, obviously. Yeah. Right? So when you click on when you <laughs> when you click on it, uh, Bojan comes up as, as Bojan Bogdanovich. <laughs> but the brother just, again, comes up as B. Bogdanovich. They don't so spell out the Bogdanovich. When I click on his name, I get Bogdan Bogdanovich. What? Yeah, I got, yeah, I got him at sixty four hundred. Oh, the, well, that's when I click for like his like detailed news, like. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm doing. But on on my computer, I don't get the name. I just get B. Oh, weird. Hmm. Anyway, so Keep I going. got uh, Max Struess. Max Struess, fifty one hundred. Badass Max Struess. Love that at my small forward. 
The Struess is loose. The, the Struess is loose. He has been one of those guys this year that's, that's having a decent season, has some cold games, but then has some, like, I made seven threes and scored 26 points tonight. Like They make they make special medicine for loose Struess, by the way. You can take thank pills goodness. for it. I think you get it sometimes when you eat too much squirrel parmesan. The squirrel parmesan definitely is known to cause the loose struce. Where everything went sideways in the test market. That makes sense. Glad I wasn't in those testing rooms. The, the loose parmesan squirrel buttholes get tough. Yeah, well, I think in Bama, in the test market, everyone just assumed they had loose struce from the moonshine. That stands to reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we got uh, making this play again. It was cold the last time I played it, but he's just such a hot and cold guy. Jalen McDaniels uh, for Charlotte at 5,200 playing against the Lakers, who are now Sands Anthony Davis. Uh, that Not to be confused with Jaden McDaniels. <laughs> yeah, no confusion to be had there. Again, make sure to pick the right brother on each of these plays here. Got a lot of brothers bouncing around here. Another brotherly B2. Man. All right. And then uh center. Center, I have Jalen Duran at 5K, but even as I was talking to you and came across that John Collins at 5,300, I think I'd rather make that replacement. Just put John Collins here for 5,300 at center. And then that leaves us an average remaining of 7560 per player for our last three spots: a guard utility, a forward utility, and a utility. A true utility, as we dubbed it earlier. Do you, I mean, I guess that here's here's how I would try to differentiate between Jalen and Collins is since coming back from injury, Collins has only been playing like 21 minutes a game. Jalen Durant's playing like 30 minutes a game. It's true. It's a good point. Yeah, and uh, like I said, the no that Clint Capella games. of it all, the no Clint Capella of it all is why I liked Jalen Durant in this. Let's keep Durant after all. I'm into that. Let's, keep, let's stick with Durant there. I'm into Durant over Collins. That works for me. Last two games, Collins hasn't had more than twenty-one minutes. Mm. All right, let's stick with let's stick with the guy on the on the court. Yeah, yeah, Duran. Uh, Almost seven hundred remaining for a guard, a forward, and a true utility. Minus his last game, here's Duran's previous handful of games and just rebound totals: 14, 11, 14, 19, 13, 12, 13. Who's this? Jalen Durant. That's his. That's his past handful of games in rebounds. Before his the, his last game was eight rebounds, but the the handful before that were that stretch I just named, which is pretty crazy. The rooks are playing well in Detroit, man. This team's still rough, but the rooks are playing well. But uh, yeah, so so let's talk guards. I uh, I know your ears perked up a bit at CJ McCollum. That's a guy I always like quite a bit as well especially in a juicy matchup against OKC. My lone concern there would be such a dominating lead that maybe he comes out of the game early, doesn't see his full slate of minutes. Maybe that doesn't matter if he's the one that pours him on and gets that dominating lead for them, which is certainly possible. Um, Bradley Beal against Sacktown at 8K is of interest because Sacramento scores a fuckload of points, so teams have to keep up with them. What if we let's let's try something first, please <laughs> hit me. Trey Murphy is only forty six hundred. You put in Trey Murphy 
at 4,600. You can put him at guard or forward, so it gives you some flexibility. That leaves us with 18-6 for our last two guys. And I listen, the, the, I think the Pelicans can give you a lot of value on a back-to-back, especially without Zion playing, right? Zion's probably not going to play. Just the other day without Zion, Murphy had 15 points, four rebounds, two steals, and an assist. I like that. Yeah, I'm in. I'm into Murphy. That's a fun play. And then we can uh, get really, we can get really fun with our last two guys, especially being that you can put, you can put Murphy at any of our three available slots. Yeah. So let's try him at the guard first and see what it does. What uh, big money forwards become playable at that point? Off the top, my brown. Uh, <laughs> off the top, of my brain. Jalen Brown is pretty appealing down here now at 9,500 in a matchup at home against Minnesota, whose defense is terrible against guards. So you're talking about Jalen Brown to be matching up defensively with like D'Angelo Russell sometimes. Like that, that feels like he's the one to feast more than like, it feels more like a him night than a Jason Tatum night who is going to be inside a bit more frequently going up against that interior defense, which is the better side of the Minnesota defense overall. That's one that appeals. Um, God, yeah, the forwards aren't even, like, crazy sexy to me if we do it this way. So let's, uh, I don't know, any of of the super expensive forwards feel, like, super sexy to you? If we put... Coming off two straight double-doubles, if we put in at the utility position, $7,900 DeAndre Ayton. Last two points, he's got 37 and 47 fantasy points, 30 points and 13 rebounds in his last game, 21 and 11 in his game before that, a block in both games. If you do that, you've got 10-5 to use on basically anybody because we can still move Trey Murphy around from guard and forward. All right, I'm into that, especially if at that point you that move. That could get you Ja. You, yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. Ja or Trey Young. I love either one here. Yeah. I would say I like Trey Young more because Ja is going to have to deal with Chris Paul, Macau Bridges, that whole guard rotation that plays defense well in Phoenix, whereas Trey Young's going to get to deal with Killian Hayes. Uh, and the young guard rotation of Detroit that has not been defending well at all. Let's do that. Let's do Trey Young. And I like going double Trey. So Trey Young, Trey Murphy to double up on the Trays. Yeah, Trey, Trey. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, I like this. So we still have $300 left on the table, so we can look at slight little upgrades up and down anywhere. If there's any. We're we're pounding this Pistons-Hawks game. Which I like too. We got two Pistons and two Hawks in the lineup. Yeah, pounding that is correct. Although I do want to look now and see if there's a cool upgrade to be had. Ooh, that's interesting. All right, so if we, with that three hundred dollars we had on the table, we could replace Bogdan Bogdanovich with Spencer Dinwiddie in Dallas playing against Houston tonight who's been having a great year. Um, some of his recent fantasy outputs include 33 and a half, 37, 25, 29, 45, 47, 29, 28, 35, 45. Uh, that's total fantasy points, but it's 
scoring is consistently near 20 points. Oh, he's got a couple that tip below. Uh, okay, rebounds, decent assists, decent steals. Not super high turnovers. Like uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's pretty decent there. It's consistent. More consistent than I would have. If we find a way to save another $100, we could get Josh Giddy at 6800 who I like a lot. How much is Giddy? We uh, 6800 We literally need to find a way to save $100 somewhere. I might have a way of doing this. Ooh. What if we took out your favorite McDaniels? Ugh, I don't know if you're going to like this or not. No, hit me. I'm I'm very open to it. I'm I'm open to things. You take out your fifty two hundred dollar McDaniel's. You can go a couple different directions. You could put in DeAndre Hunter. That's another Hawks piece, though. Unless we'd be taking out Bogdanovich for Giddy. In this scenario, we are taking out Bogdanovich, so it's just going lateral, getting to a different Hawk for a second Hawk. So you can just put in, I mean, you mentioned the Pistons having not a great interior defense. That keeps us with two Hawks. Uh, also, no Capella, like you said. The other angle, you could go down to 4,700 and, and pop in Herb Jones. But we're still talking in this power forward slot here? Yup. Oh, scroll past it. Um, I think my thing here is that I don't want to have Herb Jones and Trey Murphy in this lineup unless... We're just prognosticating a ass whooping by the Pellies, which is definitely possible. But uh, and, no, and no Zion. And well, no Zion does change that a bit. I because the thing is, I like both these players. These are two young Pelicans, I like quite a bit. I just don't know that I'd want to line up with both of them. That's fair. That would be my lone concern there. But I do like the players individually. I kind of like this Hunter angle. So with that Hunter angle, we are able to upgrade Bogdanovich to Josh Giddy. I think this thing's pretty good looking. All right, so we'll take out McDaniels. We'll put in Hunter. And then we'll swap out the other Hawk and put in Giddy, huh? I think so. I like Josh Giddy a lot. I like his length against the Atlanta or against the Pelicans guard rotation. I know you get Giddy for length sometimes. I get giddy for length, especially in guards, man. Long guards are just so interesting in today's NBA. Because, like, I like how the average height position, uh, the height disparity between positions from one to five is just shrinking. Like, point guards are getting taller. Centers are getting shorter. Basketball is just becoming more positionless as you're seeing guys that are 6'8", 6'7", 6'6", playing point guard. And six, seven, six, eight, six, nine playing center. So yeah. like, it's wild, man. Today's NBA is a fucking wild land size wise. I love it. It's awesome. I like this lineup though. Looking at it, Jaden Ivey, fifty three hundred. Josh Giddy, sixty eight hundred. Max Struess, fifty one. Daniel Hunter, fifty one. Jalen Duran, five K. Trey Young, ten two. Trey Murphy, forty six hundred. And DeAndre Hayton's, uh, DeAndre Ayton, seventy nine hundred. You can do some damage with that. I like it. I'm going to bet it. I'm into it. Yep. I like that play. Yeah, a lot of guys that could be hot. There's, you know, 
two or three of these guys could be ice cold and the whole thing could go sour. But if a couple of these cheap plays work out, you're going to get a ball tonight from Trey. Um, I'm confident in Jalen Duran's performance tonight at that price. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, I think, will be very good against Memphis. Like DeAndre Ayton, so you're talking that his matchups tonight are essentially Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson. Like, I think he beats those guys. All right. That's it, though. We did uh, – we DFS for days. We got some bonus DFS stuff in. We got some fantasy basketball takeover in. Um, we did some fun stuff here today, my friend. It's been a locked, cocked, and loaded almost two hours, so I feel like this is as good a time as any to finally wrap it on up. Uh, give shout-outs to the people out there for listening uh, and tell them to keep listening and subscribe and like and follow and five-star reacts and all that schniz, you know, the stuff. Schniz it up. Schniz it right up. Also, check out all the good, fun media affairs every Wednesday. More on to the multiverse, dropping Marvel fandom stuff on you. Every Thursday, after the laugh track, hitting you with that sitcom fandom goodness. And, of course, we here at D2B2 Sports, dropping new episodes every Friday. Doing the Friday Five. Dropping bonus episodes on a Monday or Tuesday for you with just uh, a wide variety of hilarious content. Keep up on the social medias, Twitter, at D2B2Sports, Instagram, same fucking thing. Nick Sager. fucking thing. That's right, baby. That's right. That's how you do a promo. Any closing thoughts for the people, my man? Bowl, uh, bowl season sucks. That's my my closing thought. I am, I've never been less excited about college bowl season as I am right now. Well, be prepared for there to be even less excitement next year when the playoff expands. I, well, I don't know that that will have a negative impact on my excitement because here's here's what what I find so frustrating about it is I I don't know how you're ever supposed to know who's playing in these games because so many guys are transferring, so many guys are opting out for the draft. It, it's impossible to figure this out. Like if you are the kind of guy that I am. <laughs> where you get into like bowl pools and games where you contest where you pick the winner of every bowl game before the bowls start. Like you're just, you're absolutely throwing fucking darts because you have no idea who's playing for anybody. So I guess the, the, the question here is a guy's opting out for the NFL draft is fine in my mind, right? It's the kind of thing that I've adapted to years ago, five, six, eight, ten 10 years ago, I would have said, fuck this. Be a professional. You spent years with this team. You owe it to them to play in a bowl game. I've I've changed course here. I'd say fuck it. Pre- preserve your life. You know what I mean. You want to go to the NFL, do your thing, whatever. Yeah. But I'm I'm not a fan of the transfer portal in general. But if it's going to be what it is, like why why can't you just push it back a couple weeks and open it after the bowl games are over? Like why do you let guys start transferring and bouncing around schools in the middle of bowl season? That is really goofy timing-wise because, yeah, I don't mind the transfer portal either because I'm, in general, on the side of give the players more power, and I think the transfer portal does that. But I do dislike it in regards of the timing, like you're saying here, whereas, yeah, guys can just transfer on out right before their bowls. Because I agree with you, even the first part there where, yes, players should be able to opt out before their bowl game to preserve their chances of getting a higher draft pick and therefore more money in the NFL draft. Fine. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not sweating that. That is what it but is. But yeah, the, the transferring thing is very bizarre. Trey bizarre even. 
That's it. That's my closing thought. If you want a uh, a premature hammer to drop, uh, Utah is going to smoke Penn State. Premature hammer dropped on them. Nice. Thanks for listening, everybody. You sexy Utes. animals. Utes. Keep your eyes peeled for them. And we out. <laughs>